chapter 8. And when you have it, of course, uh, say I have it. Praise God. My, you know, sometimes people don't know where to go. They know Genesis. And that's a, yeah, you're right. That's a start. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to read here uh, two verses from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Let's start here. There is therefore now no condemnation. Somebody say condemnation. condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I want to talk to you tonight about the law of the spirit of life. I want to talk to you about the law of the spirit of life. Now, let's go back and unpack this a little bit, if you don't mind. Let's start here uh, in, the ver in, in the first verse one more time. Notice what he says. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. Now, I know I had you say it earlier, but if you could say it with me one more time. Say condemnation. condemnation. Amen. Say it again. Say condemnation. condemnation. Praise the Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, how many people in the house are in Christ Jesus? Let me see your hand. Hold it high. Hold it high. That side. All right. Y'all saved over there, too. Okay, great. 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 Now, if you're in Christ Jesus, Pastor, there is therefore now no what? No condemnation. Now, I want to say something to you before we uh, unpack this just a bit. I want you to hear me tonight like we've never read these verses before. I want you to hear me tonight as though this is the first time you've ever opened your Bible, Nancy. Amen. Now, we have to agree on that. That's the terms of, of tonight's meeting. Say this with me. Look at me. Say, Jarrell. Jarrell. We, are we are going to read, going to read. Romans, 8, Romans 8, verse 1. And verse, two, and verse 2, as though, as though we, have never we have never read it before. That's the terms, amen? The terms. All right, now, I want to say something here, and I need you to hear me. Many times, we, uh, we, we misunderstand what, what God is saying. And the reason we do that is because we interject our own thoughts, mm -hmm. our own interpretation, yeah. our own understanding of a particular word, how we may use it today. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And we miss God by a mile. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Yes, you see, you must always allow the Bible to interpret the Bible. You must always allow scripture to commentate on itself. Mm -hmm. yep. 
Amen. Amen. Now, I'm all for commentators. Don't misunderstand me. I'm all for people who study and do things so that they can help us. But the Word of God does its own commentary. It's the best commentary. Amen? And so, I want to say something to you here that at first when you hear this, it may kind of throw you off, you see? It may kind of throw you off. You may think, well, you know, no, nah, I don't know about that, Jarrell. No, nah, you know, you came over from Tampa and uh, <laughs> you seven hours in the car. You told us you had three kids. I don't know about that. Maybe you got that from Toy Story 4. <laughs> That's the movie my kids like. <laughs> All right. Now. Where we make a mistake, let's, let's read this verse one more time so it's fresh in our thinking. Verse 1, <clears throat> I want you to read with me, okay? I'm reading out of the King James. If you're not, that's okay. That's all right. You can put the King James up there. All right, if you can put that up there, put the King James up. We'll wait on you. Praise the Lord. There you go. There you go. All right, now look at this. There is, oh, ready? One, two, three. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. All right, now here's what I want to say to you. Many times this word condemnation, we relegate this word or we limit this word only to the emotional realm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Come on. If, you, if you can get what I'm getting ready to show you right now, I promise you. I promise you by the authority of God's written word. And I promise you by the authority of the risen Jesus who gave you the Holy Spirit. If you can hear what I'm getting ready to tell you, we take that word condemnation and here's how we apply it. Whether we verbalize it this way or not, here's what we think. Well, I did something last night or I made a mistake or I had a wrong thought and I feel condemned or we would also say guilty. And that feeling that we feel, we call that condemnation. Now, that's not incorrect. That is not incorrect. How many of y'all know that? That's not incorrect. But it's incomplete. It's incomplete. We take that word and we associate it only with the realm of emotion. And that's why we miss it. This word is not talking about your emotions in this verse. It's not talking about a feeling of guilt. It's not talking about a feeling of inferiority. It is not talking about a feeling of, oh, I miss God. We preachers, we stand up, we tell our people. There is no condemnation. And we pervade the thought of just emotional guilt. 
And that's necessary. Don't misunderstand because the devil will kill you with that too. So you need to do that. But that's incomplete just to stay there. Are you following me? Now, when, this, when we see this word here, condemnation, we're going to just simply let the Bible interpret the Bible. Not my idea, not my thought, not my interpretation. What does the Bible say about this word condemnation? All right, now go with me to Romans 5. Same book, same author, same letter, Pastor. You, we, we all know that it wasn't written in chapter and verse. Amen. Same thought, same idea. We're going to go back to when he first used the word condemnation. Is that okay? All right, Romans 5. Go with me. Look here. We're going to start in verse 12. When you have it, say I have it. Okay, now we're, we're, this is the, I know we're taking a little time here, but this is important. Because this first point is foundation. If we don't get this straightened out, we can put the windows up. We can put the curtains up. We can put nice stoves in. We can do all of these things in our house. But if our foundation is wrong, all that stuff's coming down. You're going to leave out here and, and everything is... Folks, listen to me, man. We have the advantage on the world. But we don't look like it. Now, see, I don't play church. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in church. Nobody in my family was saved. I led everybody to the Lord in my family. I got born again 15 years old. I never knew anything about church. My daddy beat my mama. He was a drug dealer. People put guns to my mama's head. My mama dumping keys of coke down the down the toilet, I had a 35-year prison sentence over my head at age 13. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up around ameners. My brother locked up everybody in my family. I was born in adultery. I didn't grow up knowing anything about God, so I don't know how to do religion. So I'm not going to do no religion with you. I'm doing results. That's all I'm doing. God wishes above all things that you prosper and be in health. God wants you to do well. God wants you to succeed. You are children of the king. You are king's kids. You are a holy nation. That doesn't mean weird nation. Holy means you're separate. When they're sick, you're healed. When they're depressed, you're full of joy. When they're in dark, you got light. When they're broke, you're prosperous. You're prosperous. They children going down the wrong path, your children are like olive plants round about your table. What does that mean? They are anointed by the Lord. They're led by God. They're at the right place, at the right time, all the time. See, that's what it means when you say when you say you got the Holy Spirit. I challenge you replace the word holy with the word separate. He's the spirit that causes a separation. He's the spirit that makes a clear distinction between you and the world. God told God told Moses. He said he said I'm a, he said I'm I'm finna. 
He said, I'm finna, yeah, nah, nah, I, I'm black, so y'all just walk with me, okay? All right, y'all just, y'all just walk with me now, all right? Walk with me, all right? Now, now, follow me now, follow me. He told Moses, he said, I'm finna make a distinction. He said it, right? He said, I'm finna make a distinction between you, my people, Israel, and, and the Egyptians. That they may know there is a God in Israel. That's what it told him. He said, I'm, when, it's, when it was dark in Egypt, they had light. God wants, he's trying to use his people to display the God of glory. The God of glory. The King of glory. And yet we walk around poor. Now, I believe in prosperity. Let me just make that real clear. So I don't know. So if you're going to be offended, leave now. There's four doors in the back. You can walk out right now. You walk out right now. Don't even stay here. Don't even waste your time. I believe in prosperity. I believe in it. I believe God wants you to prosper. I believe God wants you to do well. I believe God wants you to increase more and more, both you and your children. That is the will of God, and don't let nobody talk you out of that. The only place where people believe they're supposed to be poor is the church. They're the only people stupid enough to believe that. Nobody out there in the world, you go down to the, to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, don't nobody think they're supposed to be poor. None of the Falcons think they're supposed to be poor. On, None of the Atlanta Braves think they're supposed to be poor. On, They'll man. sit out a season to get a deal done. Don't nobody, don't nobody feel like that. But when it comes to the church, oh no, y'all ain't supposed to have nothing. If you got anything of this world's good, don't you know you ungodly? The less you have, the closer to God you are. And you bought the lie. You bought the lie. God wants you to prosper. I wish above all things. How many things? How many things? How many things? I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. But your soul got to prosper. And we miss it with, when we take words like, oh, we're in Romans 5. Okay, condemnation. We take verses of Scripture, like Romans 8. There is therefore not no condemnation. So the only application you ever use that verse for is, oh, man, I missed the mark last night. I argued with my wife on the way to church. Golly. And you know what? But there's no condemnation. God loves me. He's not mad at me. And so everything's okay. And that's good. But there's more. There's more. Yeah, All right, now, this word, let's, 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 let's deal with this word. Romans, Romans chapter 5, look here, verse 12. We're going to define the word condemnation. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Follow me now. He says, <clears throat> wherefore, as by one man, what's the name of that one man? Sin entered into the world, and death, somebody say death, yeah. by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. 
For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. And not as the offense, which is by one man that sinned, the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reign, how much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Now, if you can, back up for me to verse 16. Now, look at this. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For if the judgment was by one, now watch, look at the word condemnation. Now, I want you to follow me. The whole time he's been saying, one man sinned, what came in the world? Death. He said it, didn't he? One man sinned, death came into the world. Death reigned by one man's sin. All through here, he's talking about the penalty for Adam's sin was what? Death. But then in verse 16, he switches out or he uses a synonym. In place of death, guess what word he uses now? Condemnation. You follow me? The whole time he's been saying, Adam sinned. When Adam sinned, death came. Adam sinned, death reigned. He, different ways he's using it. Adam sinned, death passed upon all men. Kept using death, right? You saw it, right? All of a sudden we get down to verse 16 and he says, condemnation came when the man sinned. Wait a minute, Paul, I thought death came when the man sinned. No. He says now condemnation came when the man sinned. Now follow me. When Adam sinned, God told Adam, the day you eat of this tree, you will, the, the day, the day you eat of this tree, you're going to surely what? Okay, we know that. But Adam didn't die that day. He did not physically go in the ground. We hold his home going. That didn't happen. But I tell you what did happen that day. Condemnation. But we finna interpret it condemnation now. You know what happened that day? From the sweat of your brow, you're now going to earn a living. The ground will withhold itself from you no matter how hard you work. You're still going to live paycheck to paycheck. Your children, your family is going to fall apart. You talk about family problems? His son killed his other son. You ain't never seen family problems like that. Your kids fighting, pulling each other's hair. This man's kids killing each other. You know, I'm breaking up my girls like, hey, don't pull your sister's hair. Let go of the toy. This Negro dealing with his kids, his kids killing each other. Totally different story, right? Sweat of your brow, you're going to earn a living. Family fell apart. Pain came on him. From this day, your wife's going to have pain. She's going to be at the bottom. Racism is a thing. So is genderism. It's the truth. All of this was the result of sin. 
poverty, sickness, family problems. All of that was a result of sin. God called it death. But here, man of God, through the Holy Spirit, Paul now calls it condemnation, a judgment. A judgment. The judgment. God did not cause death. God is the giver of life. But there was already a judgment set. If I get on 75 South, I'm going to end up in Florida. Yeah, I hope. I hope. If I get on 75 South, hopefully I'm ending up in Florida. Didn't nobody make me go that, that way. That was the direction. I chose it. I chose death. God didn't put it on him. He simply told him, that tree is 75 south. You got a choice. God has to give you a choice. This tree right here, that's 75 north. It's going to take you up. This tree right here, if you get on this highway, you're going down. Now, I'm, I'm not making you go that way. I'm just letting you know that's where it go. You follow me? He got on 75 south. God didn't get him on 75 south. He got on 75 South. And that destination is called condemnation. Now, that's one. Now, you can't build a doctrine just on one. That's one word. That's one time we see that. You can't build a doctrine on that. We need two. At least. Go back to Romans 8. Same train of thought. Same author. He gets over into the eighth chapter. He's going to use this word again, Pastor Micah. He's going to use condemnation one more time in this eighth chapter. And let's see how he uses it. Is everybody with me so far? All right. Romans 8. Follow me now. Verse 1. There is. Therefore now. No condemnation. Now, I am submitting to you that this word condemnation has everything to do with death. It's death. From Romans 5, he's using it interchangeably, right? It's death. One man sinned. There was a judgment of that sin. Paul calls it that judgment was condemnation. Genesis called it death. Romans 5 called it death. And we're going to see something here in Romans 8. Now, watch. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So right now today, if we're interpreting that word beyond guilt, if we're interpreting that word beyond feelings of shame, right now, God is telling you who are in Christ, your days of poverty, Come on. the sweat of your brow, yeah. and the ground withholding itself, you remember, you remember in Isaiah, Isaiah saw it. Isaiah saw something. He said, he said, when I send my son, pastor, he said, the tree of the field will clap their hands before you. No longer are they withholding, but the ground will give up the glory to you. So if we're reading this correctly and if we're using the, now not what pastor so-and-so said, not what commentator, doctor, reverend, Bishop said, but we using what God said, right? 
All right. Now, he said, now, if you're in Christ Jesus, right now, if you're in Christ, how many of y'all in Christ? Right now, if you're in Christ, there is now no condemnation, no death, no more the ground holding back from you. No more sweating to earn a living. Come on. Yeah. It's easy to prosper. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know why you have a hard time? Because you believe that. Not you. Not you, man no. of God. <laughs> Thanks for helping me preach. <laughs> you know why we have a hard time? We believe it. We believe it. I'm black. I ain't college educated. If I go on an interview, they're going to see my name Williams and his name McDonald. And they're going to get him a job over me. You bought the lie. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not in denial that that's in existence. That's in the world. But we overcome the world. We overcome the world. But what is the victory that overcomes the world? Our faith. And faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes from knowing God's word. It's not hard to succeed. It's not hard. Every single one of y'all, I'm finna show you in a minute, but right now, just, just trek with me now. See, something you got to understand about the Bible is God is not speaking to you about your experience. He's not speaking to you, man of God, from the position of what you experience. Yeah. Whether you experience it or don't experience it, God stay true. Whether you went into the promised land or walked around it for 40 years, God never lied to you. You didn't go in. He gave you the land. But if you want to walk around 40 years believing a lie, believing that you're a grasshopper, believing that you just, you know, you, you know, you just black, and therefore because you black, this ain't going to work for you. You're a black man. Don't you know you're in the South? Don't you know black people ain't going to, you can't compete with nobody else in this market? Yeah, come on. See, you believe that. Mm. You believe, well, I'm a woman. Yeah. Only thing I can be is a housewife. Mm. I can't compete on an executive level. You believe that. Mm. That's a grasshopper image. Mm. You are not listening to God. You listen to the, to the lies of the devil. He put that image in you. And the whole time, man of God, they knew. The whole time we find out from Rahab, she said, the moment we found out you was coming, our hearts melted. Forty years ago, they knew that they couldn't stand up against Israel. But the devil told them, these people are too big for you. You ain't, you ain't got the education. You're a female. Going into a male-dominated industry. You black. You ain't qualified for this. Somebody say, what's that? That's a grasshopper. That's a grasshopper. Anytime you hear that grasshopper chirping, you ought to know your inheritance is right in front of you. That's the only reason he's talking. That's the only reason he's trying to get you to doubt because he knows it's right there. Oh, you'll never take the city. Oh, you can't take the city. He's chirping. That's your sign. That's the sign. That's the sign that the land is mine. Yes. 
That's the sign. He chirping. When he get to chirping, you get to shouting. Amen. And so, so right now, if we read in this correctly, your days of toil, they're over. Your days of your children going down the wrong path, not reaching their target like an arrow in the hand of a skilled archer. They're in the hand of the Holy Spirit. And like the hand of a skilled archer, he's causing them to reach the target. Those days are over. Forever. Those days are over. Those days of depression, anxiety, being at the bottom. If we're reading this correctly, Pastor, and not just relegating it to, I missed the mark last night, I was at the club. If we're reading it, if we're letting the Bible, man of God, interpret the Bible. That's my ticket out. That's my ticket to debt freedom. That's my ticket to my children becoming mighty in the land. That's my ticket to me increasing more and more. But see, you got to start letting the word be that way to you. It has to be more than a bedtime story. It has to be more than something you do to cope with the problem. That's got to become your key to unlock your destiny. It's got to become that way. You see, for me, like I told you, I didn't grow up in church. Born in adultery. My father, big time dope dealer. One time he had a whole air Jamaica plane filled with, uh, with dope. Yeah, I saw it. People come to my house, put a gun right to my mom's head. Killers coming in my house all the time. Come to my house, put a gun right to my mom's head. I'm a little boy. Feds knocking at the door. My mama dumping cocaine down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 years old, standing before a judge. I get a letter from the DA. My brother already in the system. I'm in the state of Texas. Bush in office. He killing everybody. <laughs> he killing everybody. Now, I love Bush. Don't misunderstand. He's a man of God. I'm just saying. He believes in capital punishment. <laughs> If it, hey, if you if you did it, you going down. Period. We ain't finna we ain't finna work with you. No no no, you going down, doc. I'm I'm in the I'm in the system. I got a 35 year sentence on my head. State of Texas. I'm 13. They read it. They, let, they laid it out. We're going to certify you as an adult, meaning you're able to stand trial as an adult. You're certified. Now, I didn't even do it. Literally. I know people say, like, everybody yeah, in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't do it. I literally didn't do it, honestly. And so they, they say, we're going to certify you. They laid it all out from the pastor. We're going to certify you. We're going to give you 30, you're going to go into Texas Youth Commission, TYC, from the age of 13 to the age of 18, five years. And then after 18, you'll spend the rest of your 35-year sentence, I mean 30-year sentence, 
you'll, you'll do the remainder of 30 years in Department of Corrections. My brother's already in the system. Grew up seeing my daddy beat my mama, nearly killed her a few times. He got her friend pregnant. She called the house. My mom picked up the phone. My mama come to my daddy. He liked to kill her. Grabbed her, beat her, threw her down, choked her, punched her in the face for something he did. She ain't do nothing but pick up the phone. I'm a eight-year-old, I'm a, I'm a seven-year-old boy seeing this. One day, somebody invited me to church. And I heard the gospel. And I realized that this was the key to open the door of my destiny. God had a plan for me. That's right. Now, I can't speak for you. Come on. You got to speak for yourself. Yeah. But God had a plan for the kid. Come on. I was his boy. Right. He loved me. Right. He gifted me. Mm. He had a plan for me. Even though I didn't know what it was, even though I never stepped in it, even though my environment was crazy, that didn't limit God. Yeah. The harder the problem, easier for God. That's right. The harder the problem, the easier it is for God to fix it. Yeah. You say, no, I don't believe that, Jarrell. The harder the problem, the harder it is for God. You lie, you fry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I got, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you by Scripture. I'm going to prove it, Pastor. Jesus fed 5,000. Two fish, five loaves. Mm -hmm. Somebody say 5,000. 5, two piece fish dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's two piece. Two. How many did he feed with two pieces? 5,000. He fed 4,000. How many of y'all know less is, how many of y'all know four is less than five? He fed 4,000. How many fish that time? Seven. The greater the number, 5,000, easier. The, little, the, the smaller the number fit. Only two. I only need two for five. But when it was less people, the problem was, was, was not as significant. It required more resources. But when the problem was bigger, it required less resources. The bigger the problem, the greater the work. The bigger the problem, the easier it is. I only need two for five. Why is he doing that? It's not it really no problem. Is, that's not the, no problem is easier. He's trying to show you something. You say, God, is 5,000. God said, I only need two for it. You say, no, it's 4,000. He said, oh, that's going to that's work us out now. <laughs> Obviously not. But you understand the point. You see, the greater, he only used only two to show you it's easier for me. I don't even need as much to get this done. I can do it in your sleep. The bigger your problem, that's what, bring it to me. Don't try to fix it yourself. If it's big, bring it to me. It's easy for me. I only need two for that. Amen. And so I found the word. 
I didn't grow up in church. I just got a hold of the word. The things I'm teaching you right now, I just got a hold of the word. So if we're reading this correctly, right now, there is no condemnation. Right now, you're out of debt. Right now, you live in goodly houses. I'm going to show you that in a minute. Now, I know you're stunting at me. Don't stun at me. Now, put your gun up. <laughs> right now, I say, I say you, get, you live in goodly houses. Yeah. Right. right now, I say you live in goodly houses. You owe no man anything but to love him. Sickness is taken from the midst of you. The work of your hand is blessed. Yeah. You have plenty in goods. Yeah. Your seed is mighty on the earth. Yeah. You're the lender and not the borrower. Right. right now, you're the head, yeah. not the tail. Yeah. Right now, you're above, not beneath. Yeah. Right now, you're the glory of all nations. Yeah. Right now. See, God doesn't speak to you from the position of your experience. You say, what do you mean? He called Abraham, Abraham before he had any kids. And that's what the name means, father of many nations. He didn't have no kids. And God called him Abraham. God told him actually in chapter 15 of Genesis, I mean 17 of Genesis, he said, as for me, my covenant's with you. Now, you got to figure out to walk before me to see it manifest. But as far as heaven is concerned, you're already the father of many nations. God calls things that what? Be not. You may not have it. It may not be in your account. You may be paying the mortgage. You may be seeing the cancer in the body. You may have the fever. Your kids may be going down the wrong path. It may not be. But as far as God is concerned, he's already called it so. The game is fixed. It's done. And what he's trying to get us to see Therefore, now, don't you believe? I've right now, no condemnation. All we got to do is mix faith with the word to profit from it. That's all we got to do is mix faith with it. The Bible said the word didn't profit Israel because they didn't what, Pastor? They didn't mix faith with it. The word did not profit them because it didn't mix faith with it. It didn't say the word didn't profit them because God wasn't able to do it. It said the word didn't profit them because they didn't mix faith. Yeah. They didn't choose to believe it. They looked at, we be not able. Yeah. We're not enough. This is a, a seven nations greater and mightier than us. We can't do it. You look at the job. No, they say you got to have this to apply. Everybody working in that industry is this color. Everybody that holds that position is a male. You letting them talk you out of what God said is already yours. Amen. All right, let's deal with this now. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Say, that's me. Right now, there's no condemnation. Because I'm in Christ Jesus. Now, my question is this. Why is there no condemnation? Come on, Doc. You want to come over here and finish this? Why is there no condemnation? Why all of a sudden now 
Why all of a sudden now is there no condemnation? Don't pay attention to people walking in. Pay attention to me. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you get out of debt. I'm trying to help you pay your bills. I'm trying to help you see your marriage become what it's supposed to be. I'm trying to help you get a mate if you ain't got one. I'm trying to help you. Why all of a sudden now is there no condemnation? Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now watch the synonym switch here, just like he did in Romans 5 with death and condemnation. Watch the same order. There, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and its judgment of death. In verse 1, what did he call it? Condemnation. What does he call it in verse 2? As a result of Adam's sin, it was what? Death. He's using death and condemnation interchangeable in this chapter, just like he did in Romans 5, Pastor Micah. Can you see it? What was the result of Adam's sin? Death. What did he call it in verse 1? Condemnation. Adam didn't die that day. Adam lived 926 years. God said, the day you do this, you'll surely, surely, surely. In fact, the Hebrew reads, in dying, you will die. Meaning double dead. You're dead. He didn't die. Not that day. Read your Bible. He lived 926 years. But what happened that day? The curse came in. That day, that day, poverty came in. That day, problems in the home came in. That day, envy, jealousy came in. That day, inferiority came in. The curse came in that day. And the curse is what's going to carry you to your finality of death. You stay poor long enough, you're going to die. Go over there look at countries that don't have uh, money to put right doctors, medical people in place. They dying. Don't have money to pay for food. Their kids dying. What brings them there? De- de- uh, death. The curse brings them to death. If I want to get back to Tampa, I can't just say, mm, I'm back in Tampa. I wish I could. I got to take a route to get there. How do you go from life, which, which God gave life, how do you go from life to death? The curse brings you there. The curse brings you there. Suppression. Oppression. Inferiority. Poverty. All these things are going to come and it's going to bring you to death. But now, the Holy Spirit, every area where death is in my life, he has made a commitment to enforce life. Wherever death is present in my life, the Holy Spirit is enforcing. He's flooding that area with life. There it, is. it is the law of the Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit's law? Wherever death is in your life, Ben, he has made a commitment to you. Wherever death is present, there is a law governing the Holy Spirit. He says, I promise you, I'm going to flood that area of death with life. But it's based on us walking with the Holy Spirit. 
if we don't understand how to walk with the Holy Spirit, then we will not enjoy the realities, the provision, the benefits that are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes what belongs to Jesus and gives it to the church. Jesus doesn't give it to you. Go to John. You hear me? Go to John. Sixteen. John sixteen, verse thirteen. When you have it, say I have it. John sixteen, verse thirteen. Now watch this. Look at this. How be it? Everybody there? Watch. Jesus does not give it to you. Now I'm not. I'm not sacrilegious. I'm not heresy. I'm telling you God's order. There is a father. There is a son. There is a Holy Spirit. There is a spirit. It's God's spirit who is responsible for distinguishing the the Christian. There is a spirit responsible for separating the Christian unto all that is legally his. There's a spirit who's responsible for taking the believer. He's governed by a law, Pastor Mike. He's governed by, it's his law. It's governing him. When we talk about law, you know what law is? Laws are regulations applied to a body of people for the benefit and good of that community of people. But if they are violated, there is enforcement. Wherever death tries to violate the child of God, the Holy Spirit is the enforcer. He steps in. No. Only life here. No death. They're mine. They're separated. I'm the spirit that separates them. I'm the spirit of what you've been calling holy. Don't even know what we're saying. He's the spirit of separation. Death tries to touch you. No. Poverty tries to touch you. Get behind me. No. He's the spirit of separation. What goes on in Egypt, it doesn't happen here. These are my people. I'm the spirit that's holy. I'm the spirit that creates a division, a line of demarcation. Y'all can have all the darkness over here, but if you ever try to come here, There is a spirit that makes a distinction. These are my people. You don't touch them. Sickness, cancer, take your hands off them. 
You say, well, how come it ain't happening? I'm, I'm going to show you how. Everything in the kingdom works by faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prays, he says, I pray that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power. That's talking about the Holy Spirit, right? We know that, right? Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you shall receive power after Holy Spirit comes. So anytime you see power, always know it's Holy Spirit. It's spirit power. So notice what he said, Ephesians 1. Paul prays, he said, I pray, I pray that you would know the exceeding greatness of his power. Talking about the Holy Ghost. Watch this now. For them who are believing. Look it up in your concordance. It's in the active present tense. It's not talking about, he didn't say Christians. I know a lot of Christians who die early. We all don't die. Not condemning nobody. I'm just saying. He promised with long life I'm satisfied. I know a lot of Christians die before they're satisfied. That's condemnation. They don't know the truth. Now, I'm not throwing rocks. I'm, I'm telling you the truth because I love you. I know a lot of Christians got a mortgage. They're in debt. That's not God's will. I know a lot of Christians renting. They don't own nothing. That's not God's will. I know a lot of Christians sick. We suffer with all kinds of allergies. That's not God's will. God didn't make the flowers to make you sneeze. But see, we tolerate it. telling you. He didn't say the exceeding greatness of his power to the Christian. He said the power works as we believe. You got to mix faith. The spirit of God flows where there is faith. Do you realize that the Bible calls the Holy Spirit in one place the spirit of faith? Meaning his power is activated through faith? Now, Look at here. We're making this point. Jesus doesn't give you anything. His job was to prepare the table, to finish the dinner. He's not the servant. There is a servant. There is one that has been sent to bring you comfort. He takes what Jesus, bless you, sweetheart. He takes what Jesus finished and provides it to you, comforts you with it. If you're sick, you need healing. That's comfort. If you don't own nothing, he wants you living comfortably. You renting, figuring out how you're going to pay your rent every day. That's not comfortable, is it? It's not comfortable living paycheck to paycheck. It's not comfortable wondering where the money going to come from. It's not comfortable. His job is to make you comfortable while you're here in this world. You're supposed to live comfortably. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. 
Jesus said that the Holy Spirit's job is to comfort you, to give you a life of comfort. He said it. It's not comfortable when you can't pay your bills. It's not comfortable when your wife, her weave falling out the side of her head. That's not comfortable. You ain't got enough money to put the right weave in her head. She got the dollar store weave in her head. Jesse's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What is a weave? Not comfortable. Rebecca says he's not comfortable. That's why I cut my hair off. Yeah. <laughs> it's not comfortable. Yeah. It's not comfortable. Your kids come to you and say, Daddy, I want this. And you say, all right, honey, one day. As a parent, if you got kids, you're, I ain't got to preach that. You already know. Your kids come and say, Daddy, I want this. I want this. And your answer is not the father's answer. The, anytime you ask the father for something, yes and amen. People say, oh, sometimes God says no. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible say. Every promise is yes. If you bring a promise in prayer to God, his response is always yes. Not maybe, not no. Yes, amen. Nothing else. It's not comfortable. That's not comfortable. You can't give your kids what they want. It's not comfortable you driving a raggedy car in upside down on the payments on your car and it's broke down, leaking oil, three quarts a day. You pulling over the side of the road to change it. That's not comfortable. Got a bumper stick on the car say, I go to Buckhead Life Church over there making Pastor Givens look bad. Pull over on the side of 285. Smoke coming out that raggedy car. Bump a stick and say, come, you're welcome here. That's what we've been doing, though. And then we knock on people's door and say, come be a Christian like me. What church you go to? I go down to Pastor Giving Church. What's the name of that church? Buck Hill. Wasn't that the car I saw on 285 smoking? Not a good representation. You got to show them something. You're God's advertisement. Why are they going to stop doing what they do, what they've been doing, when what you doing ain't working for you? Why are they going to come over and follow you when your life ain't no better than them? You as depressed. You as poor, you as financially strapped, you as in over your head over debt, you as sick, you as crazy sometimes. Y'all know we got crazy saints, right? None in here. None in here. Just keep looking straight forward at me. Won't nobody know I'm talking about you. And we, and we walk around saying, come be a Christian like me. No, they got to see something. They got to see you doing well. They got to see your children blessed. They got to see you prosperous. You go down to the restaurant, you go out to eat. Y'all all go out to eat after this. Go wherever restaurant y'all like going to. The way to come out, take care of you, whatever. You put $5 down on the table and then put a track. Buckhead Life Church, come and visit us this Sunday at 10 o'clock. That waitress working the double shift to pay her bill. She, she got a kid she's trying to put through college. You put $5 on the table and tell her to come to Jesus. You think Jesus would give her $5? And you out there giving $5 misrepresenting Jesus ain't even got the spirit of prosperity on you. 
Everywhere Jesus went, he impacted people's lives. Nobody ever left him the same. When he took care of people, they had baskets left over. When he took care of people, he told them, enter into peace. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. What do we do? We don't represent them. And the reason why we don't is because we think, man, if I give, if I give a, if I give a hundred dollar tip, man, I got this bill coming up. But you don't realize that the release of that hundred dollar tip is what's going to pay the bill. You got to let it go from you. You got to let it go. You ought to be carrying money around just to be a blessing to people. When you need it. I know they don't like me. When you need it, you need it. I know you got a bill paid. That's when you got to carry the money around. Listen to God, Lord, who need, who need help with this? You go out trying to meet other people's needs. And whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. You go out trying to be a blessing. You, your job is not to take care of you. That's God's job. Your job is to be a blessing. That's your job. Money's not hard to get. He gave you the power to get wealth. Money's not hard to get. Money's chasing you down. He said the blessing will overtake you. And what does the blessing do? Make it rich. Say it again. What does the blessing do? Maketh rich. What does the blessing do? So riches ought to be overtaking you. If the blessing overtakes you and the blessing maketh rich, riches ought to be overtaken. You ought to be overtaken with wealth. Amen. Amen. He gave you the power to get it. You're prosperous right now. We're not talking about your experience. We're talking about heaven's reality. Right now, there is no condemnation. Right now. The Holy Spirit is guarding his people. Sickness tries to come. No, 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 no. The command of heaven. The wish of almighty God. That they prosper and be in health. That violates his wish. He wishes above all that Jarrell Cummings, Annie Cummings, Ella Cummings, Maya Cummings, Brave Cummings. That we're healthy. Holy Spirit, I trust you. And he stands in between. That's all he needs is faith. He's a gentleman. You have to let him. And he stands in between you and that fever trying to come on your baby. That's right. That's right. You just hold him. See, I command you, fever, in the name. Of the Lord. I said I command. In the name of the Lord Jesus to leave. No, no, no. See, you're working too hard. Rest. Father, thank you. I'm separated. Not by my power. But by your spirit. And this sickness. Can't come here. That's faith. Struggling to pay your bill. They sending you the mortgage every month. 
You pick it up, take that mortgage, lay it on the table there with your wife. Lay the communion there. Say, Father, because of Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit and I trust Him. And I choose right now by faith to say what you say. I'm a lender, not a borrower. This stops now. Now, it may keep coming for five, six more months. You don't change what you stay with the word. Now. Now. There is no, you keep calling it. Right now. There is no condemnation. Right now. Right now. You just keep, your job is not to make it happen. Your job is to believe. That's the only work. Just believe. Just believe. Can I just show you one last thing and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. If you just give me nine minutes, I'll be done at nine o'clock. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just want to show you an example of the law of the spirit of life and the defense of the Holy Spirit. Can I just show you that? And then we'll, be, we'll, we'll hand it back over to, to Elijah. Look at this. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah. I just want to show you how this works. Isaiah. Praise the Lord. 33. Are you following me tonight? Thank you, sir. All right, look here. Isaiah 33, I just want you to see this. If you can put this up in the New Living back there as well, that will, that will help me. Oh, I done made the TV. I done preached so long the TV's done wore out. All right, I'll pull it up on my phone. Isaiah 33. All right, now watch, watch this. I want to start, Isaiah 33, I want to start in verse uh, 20. They say, golly, he preaches so long. Maybe we shut the Bible program down. Oh, there we go. They say, just take the Bible off the screen. <laughs> just take the Bible off the screen. They ain't got nothing to preach no more. Golly. I texted Elijah this tonight, and he said, he said, man, just, just go as long as you want. I was driving to church, and he said, you, I don't care what Elijah say. My wife, she said, I don't care what, we don't care what Elijah say. You, Negro, can't be going this long. I don't care nobody would know what Elijah say. <laughs> but what Elijah say. All right, watch this. We wrap it up here. You getting anything out of tonight? Okay. All right. Isaiah 33, verse 20. Watch this. Okay. Instead, you will see Zion. Now, I don't have time to show you this, but Zion, anytime you see Zion in the Bible, is talking about the church. Hebrews 13. We've come to Zion. We've come to God. We've come to the blood of Jesus that has justified us and a company of angels that's innumerable, all found in Hebrews 13. Zion is the church. Amen? Amen. Now watch this. He's prophesying about the church today. Look at this. You will see Zion as a place of holy festivals. You will see Jerusalem, a city. We've come to the new Jerusalem. Zion and Jerusalem are the same. It's just different prophetic words. You will see Jerusalem. That's the church. A city quiet and secure. 
It will be like a tent whose ropes are strong and whose stakes are firmly fixed. If you ever had a foreclosure or if you're in threat of any kind of foreclosure, that's your weapon against that. Ver against that. I don't know if anybody in here has it, but notice what he said. A tent is a house. He said, your house, nobody will lift the stake up. Nobody will remove it. They can't come take it from you. God will send the money. If you're ever dealing, Pastor, if any of your people ever deal with that, right there, that's a promise. See, he has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Promises. And they pertain to all things in this life. Amen? He's given to us everything pertaining to what we need in life. Amen? Now watch. It will be like a tent whose ropes are strong, taut, and whose stakes are firmly fixed. Verse, next verse. The Lord will be our mighty one. The Lord, pay attention now, he will be like a wide river. <clears throat> now, anytime you see the river in the Bible, it is making mention of the Holy Spirit. Just take it down to your notes, John 7, 37. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of life-giving water. The next verse, this he said, speaking of the Holy Spirit. So anytime you see river, Pastor Michael, who is he talking about? Holy Spirit. When I say river, you say spirit. River, River, spirit. when I say river, you say spirit. River, spirit. river, spirit. we got it, right? He will be like a wide river. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, man of God. He will be like a wide river of what? Protection. You know what he's describing here? You remember in medieval times they had castles? Kings would live in a castle? And what would they put around that castle? A moat. An area of water or a gulf that was not able to be passed. Look at what God is. He's giving you a word picture of where we're living today in Zion. He will be a wide river of protection. Watch this. That no enemy can pass. No enemy, no is no mortgage, no sickness, no children not doing well, no drugs and the wrong people trying to come to your kids, no wrong influences in school, sexually immoral kids, no, no enemy can cross this river. Sound to me like the Holy Spirit's doing some protecting, some separation. The enemy, you stay over here. There's a river. You can't pass this. Don't even try it. We're going to find out what happened if you try. Next verse. For the Lord is our judge. Now watch this. Watch this, Pastor William. The Lord is our what? Law. What law? He gave us a new law. Yeah. He's showing it to you right here. Yeah. 
The Lord is our lawgiver. What law are you giving the church, Lord? The law of the Spirit protecting his people from death. Don't pass here. That's the law governing his people today. Don't come over here. No enemy can come here. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. He's our king. He will care for us. That's why you don't need to be caring. Somebody say, somebody say, you know, you, you see somebody, all right, bro, I'll see you later. All right, man, take care for nothing. Yeah, he say that to you? Yeah, I, I, I say that all the time. You know, somebody, you know, they say, all right, brother, take care now. Y'all get home safely for nothing. All right, brother, we love you. <laughs> yeah, speak God's language. God told you be in, 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 in nothing, be anxious. Take care for nothing. Cast it. Don't tell nobody to take care. He told you, cast it. You're speaking against the word, and they want your words to work for, for you. Uh-oh. You don't even speak in line with the word. The Bible told you blatantly, cast the care. You say, take the care. Yeah, oh, Jarrell, that don't matter. All right, stay in your mortgage then. Now watch. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will care for us. He will save us. Next verse. Now, watch what happened when the enemy tried to cross this river, y'all. Watch what the law of the spirit of life does. The enemy sail, his boat, that ship, that battle tank he's trying to get over that river with. Watch what this river did to him. The enemy sails hang loose. Woo! Broken masts. That's the pole that the sail is tied to. Broken masts with useless tackle. The demons over there trying to, oh, God, the winds are too strong. Oh, God. Breaking everything up. Broken mass with useless tackle. Now watch what happened. You finna see health and wealth. You got to settle this in your heart that it's God's will for me to prosper and be in health. You got to settle that. You have to settle that above all things. You, you filthy, stinking rich right now. You're supposed to be right now. You're supposed to be. Right now. Watch the first one. You're going to see wealth. Watch this. Their treasure will be divided by the people of God. God said, if the devil try to touch you, this river going to get a hold of them, and you're going to get richer. God say, if the enemy try to show up because of this river, treasure is coming your way. What does Psalm 1 say? Blessed is the man whose delight is in the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted where? By the River, Holy Spirit. Whatever he does, what? Prosper. So prosper is a godly word. Whatever he does shall what? Prosper. Watch this. Look at what this river is doing. It's bringing treasure to you. Look. Broken mass, useless tackle. Their treasure will be divided by the people of God. Why did treasure come? The river is bringing it to them. Let it wash up on the shore of your life. Let the Holy Spirit wash that treasure up on the shore of your life. Do you know what Israel had to do before they got in the promised land? There was one thing that they had to do before they got in the promised land. Do you know what it was? Somebody say, no, that's why we're here. No, we don't know what it was. Plus it's nine o'clock. <laughs> you know what they had to do? There was one thing they had to do. They had to go through the river. Jordan's River. Check it out. Read it for yourself. Joshua chapter 3. They had to go through the river. 
And guess what happened when they, now pay attention to me. You're getting ready to learn this. I'm going to give you this for free. I ain't going to charge you for it. Guess what happened when they went through that river? Go read it for yourself. It's in Joshua chapter 3. Guess what happened when they went through that river? The Bible is showing you another type of the law of the spirit of life. The Bible says you will go, God told Joshua, he said, take them through the river. When they go through the river, they'll get into the promises of God, the promised land. You know what God told them? Go through the river. And here's what happened when they got in the river. Y'all better hear me right now. I'm telling you right now, don't play that guitar. Hear me right now. You know what happened when they went through the river? The Bible says all of a sudden when they got in the river, the water was stopped. Watch this. Listen. From the city of Adam all the way to the Dead Sea. Somebody say, what's the significance of Adam? By one man, Adam, sin came into the world. What's the result of that sin? The Dead Sea. Where did the river Jordan flow from? It starts in Adam. Read it. It's in Joshua 3. I don't have to. I, if I could preach on, William can't keep me here that long. But if I could preach all night, I'd show it to you. It's in Joshua 3. Read it. The Bible says that the Jordan River starts in Adam, the city called Adam. Who's the one man that brought sin? Adam. Where did that sin take everybody? To the Dead Sea. Death. The Bible says the moment they stepped in the river, the waters cut off and they stepped over into the promised land. What does life look like under the law of the spirit of life? Whatever's in the promised land. Whatever's in the promised land. You know what's in the promised land? You'll build goodly houses that you didn't build. Your children will be, will be prosperous. Sickness will be taken from the midst of you. You'll be the head, not the tail. The lender, not the bra. All of that is the treasure the Holy Spirit washes on the shore of your life. And you over here thinking, well, the Holy Spirit is given to me so I can hang from the chandelier. Let me run around the church. You run around the church still broke. Run around the church still depressed. Run around the church still renting. Running around the church, marriage still falling apart. The, the treasure is supposed to be in your life. That's when you got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's not so you can jerk. Mm, that's the Holy Ghost. No, that's gas. <laughs> Don't come tell me you got the Holy Spirit and your life ain't separate. That's it. Don't come tell me you spirit-filled and you living by the Holy Spirit, and when I look at you, I don't see no separation. Come on. Your neighbor living better than you, and you telling me you got the Holy Spirit. Where, where, the, where the separation? Forget the word holiness. I didn't grow up in church. What the word really means is separation. Where's the separation in your life? Don't come knocking on my door. You live just like them. Yes, it applies to morals and all that. You understand that. But see, that's already a given in the church. That's why I don't need to preach that. Yeah. But what we're scared to talk about is this stuff. Yeah. So we see wealth right there. Yeah. The, the, their treasure will be divided by who? The sinners? No, no, people of God. What does that river do? It brings you treasure, and you're not letting the river bring it to you. Mm. The river brings it. The river causes you to bring forth your fruit in your season. The river, those who are planted by the river will prosper. Whatsoever they do will prosper. Pastor, you're supposed to prosper. Every seat in this place filled, multiple services. Build a balcony up there. You got space for it. Whatsoever he do it, that's a church. Wouldn't that be whatsoever? Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatever you do. It's supposed to prosper. You say, how does it do it? Let the river wash it up on the shore of your life. You don't have to do it. He does it. Let him do it. The law of the Spirit. Let those waters cut off Adam. 
read it. It cut it off all the way from the Red, all the way from Adam to the Dead Sea, so that the children of Israel walk through into the Promised Land. But see, we think there's a there's a set. You know, I don't read the Old Testament. I'm a New Testament saint. And all these pictures are in the Old Testament to validate the reality of the New. Look, their treasure will be divided by the people of God. Watch this. Even the lame. You miss a good place to shout. What's the lame? People who are weak. We, I could put right there, blacks. People without college education. Women. Foreigners. Anything that's looked at as a weakness. Who does this river help? Not the strong. The lame. When you're weak, that's when you're strong. We busy trying to be, we busy trying to walk. He's saying rest. Let the river do it. Even the lame will take their share. Not the strong, the lame. Learn how to be weak. That's the key. When I'm weak, Paul learned it. He said, I understand. When I'm weak, then am I strong. That's when God's power works best. The river flows where the lame are. God tried to build a nation. He needs a man to build a nation. He doesn't find a 23-year-old couple just married hot and bothered. He finds 75-year-olds. And they're barren. And he says, okay. I got a plan. I want to build a nation and I need one man to produce children that are more than the stars and more than the sand. Who are we going to use? He looks around heaven and says, oh, there's Sidney and, 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 and Jonathan. They're 23. They just married. He says, no, 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 no. I won't get the glory for it. Sidney and Jonathan will say, hey, we had a great date night. God says, I need somebody that can't do it. See, you think your unqualification disqualifies you, but actually your, disqualif- your unqualifications qualify you. That's what it is. That's the lame That's right. are the ones who get the river. That's right. You busy trying to get strong. You busy trying to do everything to be impressive. You busy focusing on all these things that you should be counting dung. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what the New Testament said. Paul said, I count all these things. He had more education than anybody in here. That's right. That's right. He had more connections, more network than any of y'all. That's right. And he said, all that I counted dung. Just to know the power of his resurrection. That's the law of life. Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Holy Spirit. He was raised by the power of the Father. He said, all I want to do is walk in that anointing. The anointing. You got something more valuable than anything. You got an anointing. You out here valuing education more than an anointing. You've educated your intellect at the expense of your spirit. You valuing all these other things. Who you know. What color you are. What your last name is. Whether I'm a male or a female. You valuing all that stuff instead of just learning how to be lame. All right, last verse. Next. The people of Israel will no longer say, watch the health. This river brings two things. Treasure. Somebody say wealth. Wealth. And health. Watch. 
the people of Israel, that's those who are in Christ. Those who are in Christ. The people of Israel, meaning God's people, will no longer say, we are sick. Why? Because the Lord will forgive their sins. Question, are your sins forgiven? Why are you sick then? Why are you poor? Why you got a mortgage? Why you got car notes? Why you not at the top in your company? See, you let people tell you that's okay. You feel like you're doing something. I'm here to tell you you're not. I'm here bursting your bubble. I want to burst it. I'm trying to burst it because if somebody don't burst it, you sitting up here letting people pump you up. Giving you a balloon to fly on and it ain't even real. You ain't doing nothing. You're not living according to the word. You're supposed to be the lender, not the borrower. I'm not saying that, that if you have a mortgage, you're in sin. I'm saying it's not God's best. You're supposed to be the lender, not the borrower, the head, not the tail. We, are your sins forgiven or not? Did Jesus die to forgive your sins? Why are we sick? Why we can't get our people healed? Why are people in our churches dying? Why we ain't got treasure? Why does the world have it all? But we coming to church, they coming to pastor, I need a handout this week. We got to have a food pantry. And the members lining up, not the world. We got to take care of them. But we, we, we coming to church, we need help, pastor. Now, if you just starting out in the church, okay, no problem. You need to learn the word. But at some point, you got to challenge people. You got to take this word. Yep. I'm teaching every Sunday. Every Sunday you line up here, you got to take this word and, 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 and feed on it. Yes. Until you become what you eat. When God brought the children of Israel into Israel, the first, I mean, when he brought the children of Israel into the promised land, you read it for yourself. Joshua 3, the first thing he does changes their diet. They were eating leeks, garlics in Egypt. As soon as they got in the promised land, Joshua chapter 3, the first day, he said, from this day forward, no more manna. Tell them to eat from the fruit of the land. What's God saying? You want to go to another level? Change your diet. That's it. That's it. You want to start prospering? You want to live in the promised land? Change your diet. You're going to be what you eat. You got to eat on another level if you want to go to another level. Right. You over here playing around. You over here playing games, watching things that you ain't got no business watching, listening to things you ain't got no business listening to, hanging around people that ain't helping you, following people that ain't taking you nowhere, and you thinking you doing something. You should be having your face in the Word, learning the Word, putting, it, uh, putting the Word as though it's your life. That if this don't get it for me, no other way. If the word don't get it, we're not doing it. That's right. And you got to depend on the word like it's everything. Yes. I didn't have nobody to send me to college. I didn't have nobody to help me. I was lame. Yeah. And the river stopped finding me. I was barren. I was Sarah. And God sought me out and called me his friend. That's right. He looking for the barren. He's looking for the people that are lame. He's looking for the weak. You, you esteem things that God calls bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in the Bible. I ain't cussing. He calls it bull. Yeah. All the stuff that we esteem, we hang it on our walls. He calls it bull. Mm. Where is it getting you? What's it doing? The I'm showing you, am I showing you the Bible or not? The lame, the river go to the lame. 
The people of Israel will no longer say we're sick, helpless, for the Lord will forgive their sins. Say this with me. Say, I am not sick. I'm healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm separated from every sickness. From every disease. From poverty. From lack. From insufficiency. I am prosperous. I am in health. For this is the will of God. For me, for my kids, for my house. This is God's plan for my life. And I want it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of that? 